Listening to From the Friars, the podcast of the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. Before I get started, um, there's uh, some seats left in the front here, so I noticed a number of people in the back. If you want to come around and use those seats over there, you're most welcome. You might want to get comfortable. Because I'm preaching, you might be here for a while, so. <laughs> Fair warning. Um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Father Joseph Mary, and I'm one of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And uh, it's, uh, I think, Father Giles for this opportunity to preach his Mass of Thanksgiving here in his hometown. Uh, it's a long-standing tradition uh, to invite one of the uh, a priest, another priest, to preach your Mass of Thanksgiving in a lot of different ways. When you're the nervousness, the trying to keep everything in mind and organize everything, and trying to put together a homily, and perhaps also. Uh, Jesus' uh, admonition, or his, his experience when he said uh, a prophet or perhaps a priest sometimes is never without respect except in his own hometown and amongst his own family and friends. I, I experienced that when I went home. Everybody was like, oh, like in New York, everybody's like, oh, father this and father that. And then when I went home, my family was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it's kind of, uh, to speak about yourself is also kind of, I wanted to speak about Father Giles some today, and again, that's kind of awkward as well. Let me, guy, let me tell you all about me and how wonderful I am. And uh, it's, just, it's like, sort of like on um, the Mass of uh, the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. I, I noticed I was reading in the, in the book, and it says, Today it's good to speak about service, about the institution of the Eucharist, and about the priesthood. And I was like, I don't think I've ever really heard many Masses about the priesthood um, on the Holy Thir- Thursday Mass at the parish. And I was like, well, that's because it's always a priest giving the homily. And again, as a priest, you just would feel funny going like, I'm going to tell you guys about how awesome priests are, which I happen to be one of. So, uh, and so uh, to be able to have somebody else to speak about the priesthood and to speak about, about, about Father Giles. And uh, some of the family members asked me if, uh, if today was going to be a roast of Father Giles. No, sorry. <laughs> Maybe later, during dinner, after a couple beers, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but not now. Um, but so what can I say about the, the father, formerly known as Andy? Uh, well, I had an opportunity to live with Father Giles on a number of occasions, and one of the family mem- members mentioned something about him, uh, which is, I think, one of the reasons that we get along. Uh, one of the words they used about him was fearless. And uh, they used... Uh, I'm not sure what the stories are yet, but some of the scars on his head, I think, have something to do with his fearlessness, uh, which sometimes can be confused with, where does fearlessness end and stupidity begin? That's always a fine line, and that's something I relate to very much in my own life as well. Uh, Having a fearlessness, but sometimes looks like foolishness, and doing crazy things. And Father Giles and myself had in a number of adventures. Uh, I could share a few adventures that we had. We um, We were in Alaska together. And I got the bright idea that I wanted to find the grizzly bear in the wild. And so they were like, the locals were like, well, there's this trail that's closed this time of year because the bears are just coming out of hibernation and the salmon are running and they're really hungry and really grumpy. And so that's where people get killed. Uh, You could go there. So I said, well, that sounds like a great idea. So I take a mountain bike at midnight in Alaska to go down this closed trail by a salmon stream and uh, thinking nobody's going to want to go with me. And but Father Giles said, hey, I'll go with you. And I said, just so you know, this is a really bad idea. 
I want you to be warned ahead of time. Um, and he's like, no, it's fine. And he goes there with me. And uh, so we're, there we are, mountain biking. And then as we're mountain biking down one hill, I hear this loud, this loud crash behind me. And, oof. and then I see Father Giles sliding down this really steep slope. I said, what happened, bro? He's like, I hit a rock. Uh, I said, well, how did you fall? He's like, well, I haven't really mountain biked before. Uh, so I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, so... We didn't find any grizzly bears, which is probably a good idea. I was kind of hoping between the two of us, we might like be the same size as a grizzly bear, and then we'd have a fair chance. But um, so we had, uh, we got, we were off on a, a boat, uh, one of the glacier boats that a friend, a friend put us on, and where half of the glacier crashed out in front of the boat there, and we got in a tidal wave of icebergs coming at us. And brother Father Giles was right there with me again, and. We went to the Trinity site, which is where the first nuclear bomb was detonated, and where, when it was, it was in the desert, so all the sand went up into the sky and fused into glass, but got filled with radiation and came down as green glass and covered the desert, and it's, so it's called Trinitite, and they like, make sure you don't touch it. If you see any, stay away from it because it's highly radioactive. So 10 seconds into it, Father Giles and myself are finding pieces of Trinitite and throwing them at each other. And, uh, <laughs> And then, even more fun, we, there was another brother there who took the warning seriously, and we kept on trying to slip him into his pocket or into his hood, you know. He was getting very mad at Stop it, seriously, that's radioactive. Get that out of my hood, get that out of my hood. <laughs> Apparently, it is radioactive. I did, I lost my piece. I, somehow, a piece ended up coming home with me, and uh, I lost it in my room. And so, later on, I went to pick up a plastic bag, and, and it turned to dust in my hands. I'm like, oh, maybe that's where it is. And it was. Uh, <laughs> and so, yes, with um, Fearless, and uh, we had many adventures like that. I took Father Giles up at a Christ in the Desert. There's a sheer rock face there, and there's, there's the cliffs, and to get to this mesa up in the sky, and I was going to climb it, and I said, Father Giles, do you want to come with me? And uh, he said, yeah, sure, it looks intimidating, but he was fearless. We both got into this rickety old rowboat, which when we both stepped into it, kind of uh, was not very happy with us, and uh, sort of like when I was horseback riding one time with my brother, and they were like, all right, well, you can only be 220 pounds for these horses. And so they looked at me and were like, are you 220 pounds? I said, yeah, I am. Plus, you know, a lot. <laughs> the horse, when I, got a, when I dropped into the saddle, no, like the horse turned around and just looked at me with his dirty look like, you are such a liar. <laughs> but Father Giles and myself, we made it up the mountain, up uh, this cliff, and Father Giles, is, he's, more of a, he's more of a battering ram than a mountain goat. Uh, but he made it up there as, we, uh, as the walls in our, our friary. We got to do the demolition at our old friary, and um, that was Father Giles and myself's favorite part, was there was this walls uh, that had to be knocked down, which for guys, that's like, at least for us, it was like, wow, we get to do this all day? This is, we just take sledgehammers and knock walls down, like, like block walls? And uh, you know, I did a pretty good job at it, but like Father Giles would hit the wall and the whole thing would just collapse. He would give up after one shot. Okay, we quit, you know. Uh, and so, to be fearless, right, and to, to be fearless for the Lord, and on this, what a beautiful day to have this massive Thanksgiving, and uh, just to say Happy Father's Day to you, Father Giles, on, uh, to have it on Father's Day, to have it on the Feast of Cor Corpus Christi, so many different things, right? And uh, on this day where we celebrate the body and blood of Jesus, and that's one of the, the, the principal motivations and, and loves in your life, especially as a priest, is to confront that mystery as a priest, it's, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to you that when you're holding a piece of bread in your hands and you're saying the words that Jesus said, 
And in that moment, that bread is transformed into the body of Christ. And your own very and it's and it's wild because you know yourself and you know your faults and you know your failings and you know your weakness. And you're confronted with that on a daily basis. But that you know that the Lord has called you. And so you give yourself to the church and you give yourself to this fearlessly. And some people would look and say, Well, why would you do that? Why would you go and be a priest? Many of my friends said that to me. Sometimes you even get people that say, Well, you're a normal guy. You know, you're a cool guy. Why would you go and do that? As if only weird guys should be priests, right? You know, they're the same people that complain. My pastor's so weird. I'm like, well, apparently normal guys aren't supposed to be priests. So, Father Giles was a normal guy, right? Like sports, like music. Normal guy that was felt this call. And where did this call come from? From an encounter with Jesus to enter into something that seems overwhelming and way beyond him. I remember Father Luke and myself, he's here with me, when we were classmates, I remember the moment of our ordination, I was just sitting there and I got this stupid grin on my face because all of a sudden it hit me, like, whoa, I'm a priest. Like, how did that happen? I mean, I knew I'd been studying for it for four years, but it hit me. And this, and this is this reality that Giles has entered into now, of this, of this new stage in his life, to go forth. And one thing that people... All the places I've lived with him and the people that know him, he's very loved by the people of God. And why is that? Because they see the love that he has in his heart. The generousness, the love, the care, the concern, the compassion. People love him right away when they meet him. Because he knows that he's this kind of person that will love them, will be there for them, will sacrifice for them. And so that's part of the fearlessness of, of what God is calling him to in this priesthood, into this encounter, to leave behind the gifts of this world and the gifts of, of marriage and family and everything else and to enter into this life. And why? Because of this encounter. Right? In the Gospel today we read about when Jesus established the Eucharist, when he was talking about the Eucharist in John 6, and it was controversial. It was difficult for the people. So difficult that some of his very disciples left him because they couldn't handle this teaching. This is ridiculous. This is crazy eat your flesh and drink your blood? Are you insane? And so then it leads us to this question, if this is so controversial, and it always has been from the very beginning when Jesus first talked about it, to the early days of the church, when people still, and to this day where people still don't always necessarily get it, but the early days of the church in Rome, Christians were being killed because of their belief in the Eucharist, because they thought they were weirdos, they thought they were crazy. Because they would say to them, so you get together at your secret service and you eat human flesh and drink human blood? Well, sort of, yeah, yeah. But you don't really, like, really eat flesh and blood. No, we do. So you eat the flesh and you drink the blood of your founder, of this Yeshua person, this Jesus. Yes. And they, and they, were, they were being persecuted and killed for this belief, but they never wavered. They never said, well, no, no, it's symbolic. No, it's just a reminder. It's a remembrance. They were willing to die for this reality, to die for this truth. And so then it would lead one to the question, if this is so controversial, if this is so difficult of a teaching, then why did Jesus do it? Why did Jesus do it? Why did, on this day when we remember the body and blood of Christ, why? And the answer, as with most things in regards to God, is love. Because it was, our God is so in love with us, it was not enough for him to just be near us. It wasn't enough for him to be on our, in our thoughts 
Well, Jesus, you're in my thoughts. It wasn't enough for him, for us to have him in our hearts. Jesus, you're in my heart. You're in my thoughts. That wasn't enough. He wanted more. Why? Because our God is passionately, intimately in love with us. Our God loved us enough to lay down his life for us. And so our God doesn't want to just be near us. He wants to be united with us. How can our God be united with us? By becoming our very food and our drink. So that at that moment when we receive the Eucharist, we become like God because we are joined with God at that moment. Physically and spiritually, we are joined with our God every time we receive the Eucharist. We are joined together. And the reason he did it because he's so in love with us, nothing else would suffice. I want to be united to you. I don't want to just be near you. I don't want to just be your friend. I want you and I to be one. That's the love that Giles encountered, which gave him the courage to go into the priesthood, to give his life to this life. And that's the love that God has for every one of us, and that he's calling all of us into a deeper intimacy and union with as well, into this reality, this reality which the world doesn't understand, the reality of the priesthood, the reality of the Eucharist, a reality which people died for throughout history, and a reality which I believe those up here in the altar with me would die for as well where it becomes something that's not just a thought, it's not just a nice thought, it's a reality. And when you encounter that love of God, then you're willing to do anything fearless or crazy for Him because you know that you're loved. And that's what this day is ultimately about. It's about the love that God has for us. The love that He has for us. Where He's calling us into this deeper intimacy, this deeper union. And so I put that before everyone here this day. To accept that invitation from God for a deeper intimacy, a deeper union, which he's longing for for each and every one of you, because everyone in this place is created in the image and likeness of God, and there's no one else like you. There's no one who can pray to God the way that you can, that can love him the way that you can, that can have the relationship with him that you can. And so if we're not entering into that, then there's something that's missing, because we are the children of God. And we can say, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, does God really care if I don't show up at Mass? Does God really care if I don't pray or I don't have a relationship with him? If we are truly God's children, and we are, then I would ask you this. If as a parent, would you say that? Well, I don't really care if my children don't love me. I don't really care if my children don't want to spend time with me. I don't really care if my children don't want to talk to me. Would you say that? No. Because you long for that relationship, to love your children and to be loved by them. What, what parents would say, ah, you know, half my kids don't talk to me anymore, but hey, you know, I got six, so I still got three that do, so who cares, right? No. So what our God say to us? Well, half of my, you know, half of my children don't pray. Half of my children don't go to church. Half of them don't care about. But, you know, who cares? No, because he died for each and every one of us. And so the Lord is calling us into that deeper intimacy and that deeper love today. And to know and to believe that he's longing for that for you and from you. He wants that. And he wants you to know that. I wait for you. I long for you. Because I love you. Father Giles felt that call. He felt that love from God and he responded to it. God has that love for each and every one of us. The question, I guess, for each one of us today, on this day, of we remember the body and blood of Christ, the greatest gift of God giving his very self to us, is will we respond to that call, to that deeper love, that deeper intimacy, to truly believe that our God is hungering and thirsting for us, and he in turn wants us to hunger and thirst for him to enter in this deeper union. And so I say 
Congratulations to Father Giles. Thank you for your perseverance in this endeavor. You've made it. Now get to work. <laughs> After all the celebrations, time to get to work. But the work is beautiful, and the work is joyful. And it's, it's an amazing life of intimacy with the Lord, of intimacy with the people of God, of being that representative of Jesus to the people. Many of the saints I've seen, like at Mass, where the priest disappears and Jesus envelops the priest, and Jesus is speaking through the priest at that moment, because the priest in and of himself is just a man. But Jesus, because of the gift of ordination, where his soul is changed and configured to Christ in a special way, Jesus himself speaks through him, overshadows him and speaks through him to make the miracle happen of the bread and the wine becoming the body and the blood. Many saints saw behind the priest the bishop that ordained them, and a whole line of bishops going all the way to the tabernacle, and right in front of the tabernacle, St. Peter, and then Jesus himself. And God was showing them that like every single priest can trace his priesthood directly to Jesus himself. Right, this unbroken line where Jesus gave that to his disciples. Continue what I have done, what I have begun. I give you this commission. Go forth and do it. And to this day, that there's still those who are doing it. This amazing gift. Despite fears and worries and anxieties and insecurities and our lack there's so many things that everyone lacks. But to allow the Lord to make up what is lacking in us and to know that it is him who is working in and through us and that he chooses who he chooses. When I would go home, as I said, my family was like, yeah, we know who you are. And I said, look, that's the reason that God chose me. Because he knows me. He knows that I am weak. He knows that I'm broken. And so that when people see God doing amazing things in and through me, they'll be like, wow, there must be a God because we know it can't be him. Because <laughs> we know that guy. There is a God. That's how God works through the week, and he is strong. And so, on this day of Corpus Christi, I invite everyone to re-examine their relationship with the Lord, to think about this God who loves us so much, who died for us, who gave us his very flesh and blood to be our food and our drink, because he longs for unity with each and every one of us, and he has amazing graces and blessings for all of us, and he wants that from everyone in this place. And so on this day, as we prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls and our bodies to receive Jesus this day, to think about that reality, I'm about to receive God physically into my body. He wants to be united with me. What is it that he wants to do in and through me? Because none of us are off the hook. God has something for everyone. What is it that you want to do in and through me, Lord, in my life? And to give God permission. Because we do have a God who loves us more than we could ever even imagine. Than we could ever comprehend. And so, this God who loves us so much, to open our hearts to him today, and I invite everyone to do that at the time of Eucharist, to open your heart to the Lord this day, to invite Jesus in, to give him permission, because he will not ever force himself on you. He needs your invitation. He needs your permission. To invite Jesus into your hearts this day, to give him permission, and to believe that he wants to do something beautiful in and through you, because he loves you, he hungers for you, he thirsts for you, and it wasn't enough for him ever to just be near you or be close to you because he always wants to be completely united with you. And so this day as we come forward to receive our Lord in the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, to invite Jesus in, to give him permission, and to thank him, to thank him from our hearts for loving us enough to give us his body and blood on the cross in retribution for our sins and his body and blood on the altar to be our strength to help us to make it to eternal life. Amen.
We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please visit us on our website, franciscanfriars.com, or follow us on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. God bless you. CFR underscore